Well, thank you for joining us once again for another edition of SpinCast here at Stay Plugged In. Joining us from Grandview University, we have Dana Husted. She is the director of their esports program. Hello, Dana. How are you today? Hi, thank you for having me. I am well. I am excited to talk esports with you today. Awesome, as are we, as are we. So let's jump right into it. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about A, who you are, how you got into esports in this space in general, um, and then more specifically, how that led to the position at Grandview as the director of their esports program. Sure. Uh, well, again, my name is Dana Husted. I'm the director of esports at Grandview University in Des Moines, Iowa. We are a small private institution. We have around 1,500 students and predominantly athletics. Um, I actually am a Grandview graduate. I was a traditional athlete my whole life, um, playing four and five sports. Um, I played college softball. Um, people typically don't think that I am your esports person type that um, usually gets into the industry. Uh, I actually was introduced to esports back in 2014. Um, was probably my first really experience with it at when I got into college. I had a group of friends that kind of introduced me to it. I would watch them play through a lot of games, Destiny, Halo. Um, you know, growing up at my house, I come from rural Iowa. Um, video games really are not something that we had. So my three older brothers and I, we shared one of the, like the old gray box Game Boy. Um, so that's where I actually got my start with um, just playing video games. And, you know, I loved doing that, but I never thought that I would see myself working in it. Um, and because I met that group of friends um, in college, that is actually how I landed into the director of esports position at Grandview. Um, you know, we were looking to try to bring something to Grandview's campus to raise awareness and enrollment um, and engagement and how can Grandview kind of set themselves apart at that time. We were one of the earlier colleges to kind of introduce a, an esports program. So they kind of took a chance. Um, I wasn't working full time yet for Grandview, but they asked me to run an esports tournament, the first ever um, global classic that we host. It's a $10,000 League, uh, League of Legends tournament every year. And they asked me to do the first one because I have some experience with like planning traditional athletic tournaments. And they said, well, can you do it? You have all of the skill sets, but now it's just video games. So I did. Um, it went really, really well. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then a month later, they offered me a full-time position as uh, the school decided to take it a little bit more seriously. And I left my insurance job at that time and became the director of esports. And I'm going into my third year which is really exciting. Yeah, no doubt about it. You brought up a lot of good points there from, from a number of different ways. Um, you talked about how it was a win for the school from enrollment and, and things of that nature. Talk about that progression, meaning you've been there now for three years doing this. How did it look? And it sounds like it's a very short amount of time, three years, but I'm sure you've probably seen a wealth of growth and differential from three years ago to today. So if you can talk about early on versus what you see today and how that growth has looked. Sure. Well, the first year, the goal was to get between eight and 10 students on our campus specifically for esports, meaning they were not coming to Grandview for anything else but esports um, and, and to get their education. Now, um, the next year, it grew to 26. 
the this past year it was 35 um, I actually had 37 active participants but 35 was the goal number and then this upcoming fall for the 2020 school year is going to be 45 baseline but I'm probably going to be sitting right around 50 Wow! so so exponential growth <laughs> yes yeah and I think it can be even larger I think for a number of schools it's, it's just a matter of capacity can we can we support that many because that many kids are so interested in it and can compete at a high level what are some of your uh, more competitive titles that you folks play our, our most competitive titles um, would be League of Legends I carry a varsity team and a JV team um, we're very saturated in the League of Legends field at our school that's kind of where our reputation has come from we also compete in Overwatch Rocket League, Fortnite, and then I'm adding other supported titles for the upcoming 2020 year due to the sheer amount of students who want to come to Grandview and be part of our program, but we haven't established ourselves in those other gaming titles, so we're probably going to be supporting about seven titles this upcoming year. Wow, okay, and talk Len, a little bit about what you look for um, from a student in terms of from a recruit. So for the high schoolers that may be watching this, what attributes, obviously they want, you want to be good at the game, but beyond that, as a, uh, a teammate, et cetera, someone that you're going to be side by side with, what do you look for? Right. Well, at Grandview, we're trying to bring in students who want to live the championship lifestyle. That's kind of our motto, where we're trying to be well-rounded individuals, one, not only in our academic life, but also in our work life, our personal lives, as well as our competitive lives. Um, and by bringing you into Grandview and to be part of Grandview Esports, we want you to have that drive to be a, a good teammate, good communication skills. You need to be committed to one, you know, your academics, like that's why you're coming to college, right? We want to get you to the next level. Um, I think the biggest thing for me when I try to recruit high school students is, you know, really enforcing that, hey, you need to have a 2.0 GPA to get admitted, and we expect you to keep that, if not higher, while you're here. Um, we also expect you to, to, again, be a good teammate. We have to have those communication skills. Um, and just like all the variety of life skills that we can teach through esports, I need those students to exemplify that. And a lot of times I do find that from students who have been involved in previous extracurriculars. Um, you know, when they've been exposed to some sort of teamwork or group activity, that really helps us see how they're going to interact and uh, um, take constructive criticism and feedback and how you can be a better team player, one, not only for your teammates, but for yourself for the long term. Sure, sure. And to that point, you know, esports can open up so many doors from a career perspective. You're a perfect example, actually. I mean, you were an event coordinator, it sounds like, to a degree with some other events. They asked you to do one for esports, and voila, here you are. And it can be the reverse, where you may have students that are helping you with social media, event coordination, broadcasting, et cetera. And that certainly plays in the esports world, but it also plays in a variety of other career paths as well. If you don't mind, talk a little bit about that. Some of the students that are coming in and some of the students you have, what are some of the career path, uh, pathways that they can kind of look at? thanks to eSports. Right, we have a variety of academic majors who come in, so I don't want to have a high school student think that, oh, they're coming in, if they wanna be in eSports, you have to choose a eSports career path. Now, the options are there, right? So let's just cover what some of the majors that I do see. We have kids who are in game design, um, computer, 
software. Um, we have kids in accounting, teaching, fitness. We have biochem majors, you know, all of these other fields, um, but they still have the underlying passion and common denominator of esports, right? And that's what's exciting. We want to be able to exemplify that and bring those skills out through those fields, even in esports. Um, now, in the career pathing, I think that's really exciting to share that with students who are interested in being a game design creator. Maybe they like software development. Do you want to be an accountant? You can actually go be an accountant for maybe a professional organization, right? Um, all of these different things. Um, you can be a fitness instructor in the esports world. Mental health, extremely important. Um, player development managers, psychological benefits, um, all of those things are career pathways for a student to get into that what I like to call is a traditional job can also be transferable into the esports world. And, and that's where I like to tell parents that too, you know, your child is still doing something extremely important. It's just not in a typical industry. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is a, a, such a growing industry. It's just I think the opportunities five, 10 years from now are going to be enormous, but that's just me. Um, yeah. For a student coming on board, coming onto campus for the first time, what will their day-to-day -day look like typically? Meaning now I'm, I'm a, on the varsity team. We're a high-level competitive team. I'm in part of a great organization. So certainly that's going to be something that they need to focus in on as well as their academic side of things as well. So typical semester-by-semester -semester breakdown. What's it look like? Sure, sure. So I will just go through a typical team day would be, you know, you're probably attending class from maybe 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. You'll get some homework time in the afternoon. We do require mandatory study hall hours. So parents, there you go. We also are enforcing, obviously, the academic standard. Um, usually it's typically higher than I think when you come to Grandview, when you deal with me, um, I have, I set a pretty high standard for those students. So you do have the mandatory study hall. And then you're probably going to be going into four or five nights a week of practice. Now that could start at four o'clock, or maybe it's a six to nine o'clock, or maybe it's eight to 10 o'clock. It's honestly all dependent on the title of game, when the other teams are going to be scrimmaging against, um, and, and the scheduling of, of competition. You could also be seen traveling on the weekends to competition or playing in online tournaments. Mm -hmm. So you could be having a five or six day week of very intensive competition, practice, study hall. And then you also have to add in there, you have to be doing your, your homework. And I also have mandatory fitness that you have to accomplish throughout the week. So, you know, three times a week of 30 minutes, I need you to record it. Tell me what you did. Take a selfie. Do something so I know that you're staying active. Um, so it's definitely a rigorous schedule and I know what that's like being a former college athlete and I think I transferred a lot of what I did as a player and a student um, into this world and it's proven beneficial for these students. It provides a structure and organization that they need to keep on task um, and to always keep encouraging them to be their best every single day. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that's incredibly smart to take some of those lessons learned from traditional sports, implementing them here, because at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're trying to get some of those same results. Mm -hmm. so, uh, there's certainly a lot of likeness between the two. You mentioned something that on the weekends, sometimes you'll go to tournaments, things like that. One of the things I, I like that's a little different than traditional sports is Grandview can go and play against UCLA. They can go and play against Duke. 
uh, they can play against someone right in their backyard. It, you know, it, it's a wide variety. It doesn't matter what division you're in. It doesn't matter what conference you're in. Ultimately, it's a wide open state of affairs in terms of who you can play. So talk a little bit about competitions, both online and ones that you may travel to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's what makes esports so exciting for me. You know, when you're in the traditional background, you don't get to play other divisions, right? We don't get to have those big name games or the D1s, but in esports, it's completely opposite. Um, regardless of your school size, you may have a really talented group of, of players that could be playing a D1, or your NAIA school might be actually the number one school um, in, in a sport in one of the game titles. So that's what makes that exciting. Um, but then also when you get to travel to a LAN, it makes what you're grinding for during the week, all those scrimmages, the practices, the, the solo queue time, right? Those are the things that the student is working on to be able to go and showcase their skills at a live event. Now, online events and competition and tournament is, is fantastic as well. But when you do get to go play on a stage, right, it's like, practicing basketball all week and you finally get to go out and play in front of the crowd, right? That's what's exciting. It fuels the fire. Um, and that was always something that, you know, as the traditional athlete, that's what you, you strived for. And that's what I try to explain to these students too. You get to have all those same feelings and that adrenaline rush and how do you perform under pressure and the stresses of, of having to play at a top um, skill level in front of people. Right. And, and I think that's what's exciting for the student and parents also need to understand getting to travel to a land is what they're working for. And that's, that's exciting that you're allowed to travel and go play a video game and have it streamed for hundreds or thousands of people. Um, so it's nothing to shy away from. I think it's something that you should only want to want to really do for yourself as well as your team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, didn't do my research on this, probably should have, but do you folks, do you have an arena on site, meaning a place where if a different team were to come and travel, you could play head-to-head? -head? We could play head-to-head -head in our space. It is a fit for that. Um, now, it's not like where you have a stage. You just be on separate sides of the room. That, um, But now I do know other universities are trying to build out those kind of spaces where you can play on a stage. Sure. Uh, typically for us, we actually don't host a lot of head-to-head -head tournaments or games with like one other team that come to our to our campus. Um, typically we're going to larger spaces or other cities uh, where you do get to play on a stage. Right now we actually play in, one of our teams plays in the Midwest Esports Conference, mm -hmm. which is League of Legends. And we travel to different esports festivals in different towns and all the teams come together and they're able to play um, on those stages. This upcoming year, though, we are looking into trying to bring more local Iowa schools in to come in for a Saturday, right? And then the players get to hang out with each other. They get to play versus each other in our space um, and just get the whole experience of meeting other players and building that camaraderie. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I, that's to me that I love that portion of, of, of rivalry, of, of being able to see your opponent face to face. And how, does, how do you react, right? It's a lot different how you react or how you talk and things of that nature uh, when you're in front of your opponent or in front of a crowd, certainly, um, than rather than not. But I, I hope, or I'm hopeful that as esports continues to grow throughout the collegiate scene, you'll see a lot more multi-purpose venues continue to pop up um, so that a lot more of that will happen. <clears throat> and I think it will. I think as the administrative group starts to see more and more um, 
hopefully that'll be the, the future landscape to a degree anyway of, uh, of esports. But um, kind of switching gears a little bit, love the fact that you're the director there for the esports program. Again, I have a daughter who is going to be a rising freshman. So when I show her this podcast, she's going to mm-hmm. say, she looks like me. I can do what she does. And that's awesome. Um, from a diversity perspective, you know, I love nothing more than to see more and more growth for the underprivileged community, for women uh, to get more into esports, et cetera. What can we do, in your opinion, at the foundational levels, at the you know, middle school, high school levels to, to support that? Sure. Well, girls can do it too. I have always been a believer in that. You know, I did. I grew up with three older brothers, and you can't really say, use the excuse that you're a girl. Um, you are just as skilled, you are just as smart. Um, and I think for parents and schools and the community, in order to tell a child, like, you can also be part of gaming, even though you're a girl. I know a lot of girls um, that enjoy playing Minecraft or they like actually playing FPS games, just literally anything. Girls absolutely can do it too. And I think it all starts with the mindset that you're trying to portray onto the the little girls in the school systems as well as in your own home. Um, it does. It comes from who they're around and surrounded by and showing them role models in this industry if this is something that they want to do. You know, there's very powerful CEO women um, in the gaming industry. Um, you also have people who are really great women who are creating the games that they're playing. And that's something that's really cool and, and not to shy away from. So 100% own, own who you are and be proud of everything that you're capable of doing. Yeah, my daughter's going to constantly get on me because I always bring that up. Not always, but I bring it up on occasion on these podcasts and she kicks butt and her game of uh, choice is Apex. So Perfect. Her, her buddies are always calling her male or female. Hey, can you get on? Cause she's really, really good at it. <laughs> she's a soccer player, but again, socially she loves to play and she's really good at it. So love to see that. Um, moving forward, how do you see Grandview or what, how would you like to see Grandview uh, in terms of the, its esports landscape, say five years from now? What would you like to see if you could look flash forward five years from today? Yeah, well, I definitely would like to have a standalone building dedicated to esports where we can have a varsity space as well as um, JV as well as club level uh, with the amount of students that the exponential growth that we're having. We need to have that dedicated space. We need to be able to showcase our talents and our brand um, and our competitive skills. I I definitely foresee us trying to be, you know, still in that top 10. I would love to be able to go win a championship in one title or two titles or whatever it can be. Um, But also just being a place that students know is a exclusively theirs. Right now our esports space is exclusively esports and the rest of our campus doesn't really always get to see our space. I want it to be visible to everyone else. I want them to be able to walk by and see all of our students playing and practicing and grinding it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely foresee us having a full fleshed out full-time staff. I think it's extremely important to be able to provide the best coaching player development, management, broadcasting, social media content. Um, And in my perfect world, you know, that's probably five to 10 full-time people, but that's kind of hard at this point being a smaller school, but we're on our way. We're getting there. We're going to be able to provide phenomenal opportunities for students in addition to what we're already creating for them. And I think that many of 
my students are proud to be part of Grandview Esports, um, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, no doubt about it. There, I think you are the right person in charge with what you've done to this point and your vision. It's fantastic. Um, last quick question, and, and we're going to run up on time, but talk to the students a little bit about scholarship opportunities, what, what those look like. Yeah, um, so with our, you're, you mentioned scholarship opportunities, correct? Yeah, sorry, I think the internet broke up a little bit there, yeah. Yeah, it just, it what just does out. Yeah, so scholarship opportunities, one I will talk about at Grandview and then also across other collegiate space. Um, so with us, I am typically recruiting the higher tier level varsity players who receive the larger scholarships, right? So I'm trying to build really competitive teams. I want you to be at the highest possible rank um, to, to field some of those varsity teams for us. Now, scholarships can also be given to students who want to be social media, broadcasting, graphic design, anything in those sort, player management, maybe player coaches even, um, even streamers. I've offered scholarships to all of those types of students. Um, and so for us, it's really about, one, if you're trying to be on the competitive front, we go through a tryout phase, online, then in person, and then we try to do, you know, sit down interviews with you, and then we award based on, one, how, one, like what your ranking is probably going and your competitiveness is going to, you know, be equivalent to, but then also like the long-term asset that you are to our campus. You know, if, if you're just a really great student, but maybe you're not um, the top tier competitive player, but you're willing to give everything you have every single day on a JV team, I'm 100% still going to give you some sort of scholarship dollars. Um, we work a little bit differently at Grandview, uh, where we want to be able to provide a good academic balance as well as esports scholarshiping. So um, our scholarships can vary anywhere from $2,000 to $20,000 um, a year. So, you know, ultimately don't ever count yourself out for a scholarship opportunity with us um, because we're always in some way, shape or form going to try to help you get to your next goal. Um, now at other places in collegiate, you may see you get a specific amount of dollars for your grade year that you're in or a specific title that you're playing um, or whatever that specific college can provide you. Um, so never underestimate yourself. Continue to work hard. You can always earn a scholarship. You know, esports, you can still be a walk-on, right? And you can still earn a scholarship maybe by just working hard all year and being a good teammate. Um, and I think that's really extremely important for students to understand just being a good teammate and being involved in your program um, and, and being a role player. You know, you may not be the varsity starter, but every single role in your program is vital to the growth and progression. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, similarities across all sports uh, along with esports. Same, same rules apply, if you will. Well, Dana, thank you so much. We are basically up on time, but thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you watching, don't let that great smile fool you. You can, you can hear the competitiveness in there. If you ever go to that program, she wants to win. She wants to cultivate good young students, good young role models, but you can see that she definitely wants to win. There's no surprise as to why Grandview is where it is today. So thank you so much. We appreciate all of your time, and hopefully we can circle back sometime in the fall when things are a little bit more back to normal, hopefully, when we can awesome. catch, catch up with where you are. Well, thank you for having me, Rick. And if anybody needs anything, you can find me at Grandview. Perfect. Thanks again. Stay safe. And we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Thank you.